In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Quarterback. Stafford, step it up. Going left side. Watch Calvin. And so got him. Oh, baby, that was a rocket. And it's picked off. Intercepted by Darius Slade. No one will catch him. Touchdown, Hello and welcome to another episode of the Michael Rothstein Show. I'm your host, Michael Rothstein. This episode brought to you by Indeed and by Bet Online. So listen, this is going to be the most important thing we probably talk about on this podcast this week. Matthew Stafford's right thumb. Matthew Stafford did not practice on Wednesday and I'm not completely concerned yet from a will he won't he play perspective I imagine that he will end up playing although the fact that he went from talking on Monday basically saying he liked his chances of playing to Wednesday when he's saying I'm day to day I hope to play is a little bit concerning now some of that might just be being told more in a official interview setting to maybe downplay how healthy he is, but I would imagine that if he was really, really fine and good to go no matter what, then you wouldn't have seen Matthew Stafford practice, at least in some form or fashion, on Wednesday. He did not do that. Now, here's what Matt Patricia said about how they're handling Matthew Stafford or planning on handling Matthew Stafford this week, and he made it sound at least that it was going to be on him that they were going to handle him as they were quote from Matt Patricia he's going to be out at practice I don't know how much he's going to do we're just trying to be smart with it obviously I think we all know how tough Matthew Stafford is and he's going to do everything possible and for the most part it's probably me just trying to slow it down through the course of the week sometimes he gets out there and gets competitive and likes to do what he knows that he can do from that standpoint, we'll take it day by day. That's really all I've got for you as far as that's concerned. But he's going to be at practice, and we'll see what it looks like when we get out there. So then they went out there, and Matthew Stafford did not practice at all. Now, after practice, Matthew Stafford said he hoped that he would get some practice time in this week. And he said that, hey, if he doesn't get time in, obviously it's a different situation than a couple of weeks ago. But he went through that entire time, if you remember, when he was in COVID-19 protocol for getting a close contact without practicing one bit. And then he went out and he played uh, okay, I think you can say okay, against the Vikings a couple of weeks back. This is what he said when I asked him about needing to practice to play. Quote, obviously two weeks ago didn't do that much physical activity and went out there and played. 
I know it's a little bit of a different situation, but we'll see. I'm sure you guys will be the first to know, end quote, which I said that that absolutely would not be the case. We will not be the first to know that we will probably be the 7th, 8th, 9th, or 30th to know. But he said that he's not super worried about it. He doesn't think he has to take extra precaution at home with the kids. I asked him how it affects potentially velocity, grip, what what it does because of where it is. And we all saw what happened in 2016 when he suffered the injury on his middle finger and it hurt his accuracy. It hurt his touch. The Lions lost every game after he suffered the injury and it ended up being a, a really rough season, a rough end to the season that ended in the playoffs, but ended with a thud for the Lions, and at that point, their head coach, Jim Caldwell. So when I asked him about what it would affect, he said this, quote, just obviously gripping and throwing the ball is a little bit different when any of your fingers hurt or are injured. I don't know how else to answer that, I guess. End quote. So I followed up. Is it a pain tolerance you have to play from? Not or prior? Like, do you, is it something that's how you did it in 16? Quote, some of those in the past have been pain tolerance and others have been like function as well, you know. So it's all in the equation. That's part of it. End quote. Where would you then classify this? Stafford, yet to be determined. And then he basically said that he's taking it day by day and trying to figure all of that out. To me, I think he's going to play. At this point, I really do. At practice today, he did have some sort of brace or protective wrapping on his thumb. It was hard to see what it was because he was far away and he had his hand in the hand warmers because it was cold outside today most of the time. But that's massive news. If for some reason Stafford can't play, obviously they would go to Chase Daniel. And who knows what Chase Daniel can really bring for the Lions. We've seen him in very limited action in Detroit Obviously, after Stafford got potentially had to go get checked for a brain injury against the Vikings and he didn't return. Stafford did not return, but Chase Daniel played. He looked okay at times. You figure he's going to get a lot of the reps this week if Stafford does not practice and you kind of go from there. But that's a major concern for the Lions when you're looking at what they could be looking like on Sunday. A couple of other things to note. Good news for Detroit is that Kenny Galladay returned to practice. He went, he ran through drills. He looked largely okay. Again, tough to tell in a practice situation, but the fact that he was out there working even on a limited basis is a really good sign for Kenny Galladay. On the other hand, no Danny Amendola, who suffered a hip injury, and no Marvin Jones, who suffered a knee injury. So the Lions might really need Kenny Galladay back. Otherwise, you might see the long-awaited debut of Mohamed Sanu at some point if, for whatever reason, the Lions would all of a sudden be down their top three receivers. That could be a really, really rough situation because don't forget Jamal Agnew is also working his way back, although he practiced in full. So he seems like he is going to be good to go here on for the weekend as long as he continues to practice like that. But you look at who practiced on a limited basis or no practice on Wednesday. No practices were Danny Amendola, Marvin Jones, Matthew Stafford, and then Austin Bryant, who's hurt again. But Stafford, Jones, and Amendola, that's a big part of your offense. Limited, Kenny Galladay, TJ Hawkinson, Halapuli Vitae. That's three more keys to your offense and defensively Nick Williams, Christian Jones, and Jared Davis. So there's a lot of 
beat up Lions players. And you have to think, too, and you have to wonder if potentially if a guy is borderline, if they are going to hold him this week because of the quick turnaround for next week to maybe give him more time to rest because obviously they have the Thanksgiving game on Thursday. So all these things are things that we're going to have to be paying attention to throughout the week. A bunch of injuries and a bunch of major concerns on the offense when you're going to play a Panthers team that also has a bunch of offensive concerns. Christian McCaffrey not going to play. Don't really know what's happening here with Teddy Bridgewater. So we'll get into some of that in the four keys right after the break. And we'll also have David Newton, my ESPN colleague who covers the Panthers, on on Friday to talk a little bit more about both the situations. Stick with us right here at the Microsoft. Two thousand twenty has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Much to the happiness of probably everybody, businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means. Every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. That's right, no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates who resume, whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore, total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast, faster than even Matt Prater's 59-yard field goal went through the uprights. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And football, as we have seen, is very much back in full swing. And you might not be at a game this year only 500 or so people can be in Lions games over the last couple of home games, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day. Every day, head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use that promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, back to our show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. And now we're going to dive a little bit into the Carolina Panthers, and we'll start here. Panthers have lost 
five games in a row after getting to th- three and two after beating the Chargers, Cardinals, and Falcons in weeks three, four, and five. They looked like they could have been potentially a contender, but they've since lost to the Bears, the Saints, the Falcons, the Chiefs, and the Bucks. No real big time, man. I can't believe they lost that game. Losses there, especially considering Matt Rule in his first year is rebuilding this team. They haven't had Christian McCaffrey for much of the season. And that's something that is a big time factor. So what needs to what do the Lions really need to to focus on? Well, a couple of things. First, they really need to take advantage of the run game. Use DeAndre Swift a ton. And here's why I say this. The Panthers are 20th in the league against the run at 124.5 yards per game. They're 28th in the league in yards per rush against 4.77 yards per carry. So there should be some opportunities there for DeAndre Swift to get going and get going early. And once he can do that, then the play action with, again, presuming Matthew Stafford starts, that play action works, and then all of a sudden that opens up the rest of the offense even more. But getting DeAndre Swift going early can only help the offense. We saw that against Washington, and there's no reason to think that that can't happen again against Carolina. And that's the first key, just finding a way to make sure that you're building on DeAndre Swift's performance from last week. Daryl Bevel, when he talked on Tuesday, made it sound like that was exactly what they were planning on doing, and that now that they've rolled DeAndre Swift out essentially in full, don't expect them to pull him back in anytime soon. It will be interesting to see how Detroit handles Adrian Peterson and Carrion Johnson, but that to me is a secondary concern because of who they have running the ball, and that would be DeAndre Swift. So that is key number one. I know it's a simplistic key, but you do that, and everything else I think really has a shot of falling into place offensively, especially because of this, and these are just little bonus stats. The Panthers are the worst team in the league in sacks per attempt at 3%. They have only 11 sacks on the season. That's tied for 27th in the NFL. They have not been intercepting the ball all that well. 1.3% of opponents' attempts are being picked off. That's 27th in the league. So there will be opportunities there for this offense to really cash in. The Panthers, other than in net yards per passing attempt, are 20th or lower in every major defensive statistical category in the NFL. So this is an this is a defense that the offense theoretically should be able to exploit and exploit well. Key number 2 is going to be frankly trying to limit Mike Davis and I say that because Christian McCaffrey and trying to contain him would obviously be key number one with any sort of Panthers team, but Christian McCaffrey is out. So all of a sudden, if you're able to handle Mike Davis a little bit, and Mike Davis has been having a good year, he is a tricky running back. He is a dual threat type of running back. He's got 92 carries for 385 yards. He's gained 4.18 yards per carry. He also has 47 catches for 290 yards. So they're using him. Very similarly how you would have thought maybe the Lions would use DeAndre Swift. And if you're able to take him out of the equation, that could put a lot of pressure 
on whoever the team's quarterback is. Now, if that's Teddy Bridgewater, that's maybe not as big of a concern. If that is Will Greer or Philip Walker, that is a major, major concern because neither one of those guys has much experience. Between the two of them, they have complete. They have thrown for 15 yards this season. That's it. So Mike Davis, to me, if Teddy Bridgewater does not play, Mike Davis, to me, becomes the biggest key on having to stop on that offense. And if you can handle him, then maybe you can send your pass rush and try to really have them take advantage of certain situations, even though obviously the Lions haven't done a lot with their pass rush. That, that can open up everything else if you're able to really handle Mike Davis. Because the rest of their running backs, Reggie Bonifant is okay, but very limited opportunity, and he's also on injured reserve. Christian McCaffrey, not going to play. The rest of their backs, not really giving you all that much or have gotten many opportunities. Now, they will potentially put Curtis Samuel in the backfield. Curtis Samuel is a dangerous player. He's a heck of a player. 41 catches, 375 yards, a couple of touchdowns already this year. He's also a potentially good running back if you need him as such at 5'11", 195 pounds. Like he's a smart player. He's a gadget player, but he's more than that because he can actually catch the ball out of the backfield. Again, that all folds in to how they're going to use Mike Davis and how you defend Mike Davis. So if you can really kind of shut down the run game, and that's a big ask for the Lions because it hasn't always worked well. But if you can do that against potentially a quarterback without that much experience, if Teddy Bridgewater does not play, then you have a real chance to really open up this game early and then potentially not go and lose a lead because this is a team that, frankly, that should not happen against based off of the lack of offensive weapons that could be playing on Sunday. By the way, if you're curious, Curtis Samuel also has 25 carries for 108 yards. So key number three when it comes to this team, the third key, and it's going to go into that man zone conversation that the coaching staff loves so much, but maybe consider playing a little bit more zone against the Panthers. And, And here's why. Teams have played 47.9% man against the Panthers Those in those situations. Teddy Bridgewater has completed 69.2% of his passes. He's thrown for 11 touchdowns and two interceptions. Has a QBR of 76.7. Zone, 51.6% of the time. So he's actually seen zone more. He's completed 73.6% of his passes, which is high, but... He's only throwing for 7.3 yards per attempt, 6.8 yards per dropback, two touchdowns, five interceptions, QBR versus zone, 68.2. Teams that has played largely zone against the Panthers have won, including Tampa Bay last week, 70.6% zone, and the Bears played 60% zone in a 23-16 win. The Bucks, the Bucks again, played 66% zone in their Week 2 win over the Panthers. So there has been a key there of being able to do that. Again, 59% zone for the Raiders in a Week 1 win against the Panthers. So I think that what you're seeing is the possibility of really being able to play 
more zone than man against this team, especially because if you look at them and you look at their receivers, you look at DJ Moore. Again, you look at who we talked about before in Curtis Samuel. And those guys are speed guys. Those guys are burners and they can get really by you if your man coverage isn't truly on point and you can't really run with them. And that has been a problem for the Lions in man coverage. And we haven't even talked yet about Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson, obviously the kind of taller guy there, the the more dynamic potential receiver, but he's got some speed to him as well. So all of those things are reasons to maybe consider playing more zone, maybe you know, try and make them dink and dunk down the field like we know that how that goes. And that's again just something to consider. Plus the Lions have just largely had more success playing zone defense as we've talked about before how when they've played over 60% over you know 60% zone they've won every game and they've played over 60% man they've lost every game now some of that has to do with being up or being down in a game and some of that has to do with wh- what teams are giving you and what teams are are kind of not giving you when it comes to all of that so that's you know Something to really think about. By the way, Robbie Anderson, also also a speed guy last year. If you remember, he ran in that 40 yards of gold competition, and he ran a 4.34 second 40. So they've got three burners on their team that can really make life difficult, which is why maybe you want to really consider playing a little bit more zone over man when you're playing defensively. So that is another key for me is to, to focus in on the zone, to kind of stick with what maybe has been working for your defense Gives your young cornerbacks a little bit more confidence than having to worry about really tracking a receiver. And you kind of see where it goes and how it goes from there. We'll have another. We'll have a story on the whole man versus zone thing with some more numbers that's going to come, should be coming ESPN.com later this week. So that is key number three. And key number four, which is going to maybe be a boring one, but it's true, is send some pressure. Here's why. As we talked about a few different times, we don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is going to play or not. If he is, he's been dealing with a right knee injury, and you have to think that maybe that will hamper him a little bit when it comes to being able to move in the pocket. Plus, as our David Newton reports, Russell Okung, their left tackle, not expected to play against the Lions. So again, that's another place that you can really attack. What will the Lion, What will the Panthers do if Bridgewater doesn't play? They might use both Will Greer and P.J. Walker if Bridgewater can't play. And Greer hasn't played this year, and he started a couple games last year. Walker, 3 of 8 for 15 yards this year. So here's the thing with those two guys, right? They don't have experience. Matt Patricia can be aggressive and be exotic, with his coverages that likely will confuse Will Greer and P.J. Walker. If that happens, you can send some pressure, especially with having a reserve left tackle. And all of a sudden, that becomes a really, really interesting scenario for the Lions when they're playing this team. And there's no reason for them not to send pressure at this point, especially because you've got Everson Griffin, who has shown that he has no problem getting after quarterbacks. He had five quarterback hits 
on Sunday. Romeo Aquara has been a revelation this season as he, at this point, is setting himself up for a big payday, as we talked about on yesterday's show. But Aquara's got six sacks already this year, and he's been dynamic. You can also maybe be a little bit more creative with where you blitz from, whether it's sending Jamin Collins or sending Reggie Ragland or sending Tracy Walker from a safety position. So I think that this offers Corey Undlin and Matt Patricia a chance to really get after it and really kind of mix things up on Greer and Walker if Bridgewater doesn't play. And even if Bridgewater does play, you know he's not 100%. And while Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback, there are opportunities there. You have to be able to take advantage of those opportunities. I know, I know the Lions are not really big on sending pressure. We've covered that over and over and over again. But just to give you a little bit of an idea of kind of what they've done with pressure so far this season, the Lions have blitzed 16.1% of the time. They've gotten pressure 21.9% of the time. But really up until against Washington when they only blitzed 5.2% of the time, which I don't understand considering you know what Alex Smith was and wasn't as a runner, that they were being a bit more aggressive. They blitzed 33.3% of the time against Minnesota, 13.9% of the time against Phillip Rivers, 25% of the time against Matt Ryan and the Falcons, 17% of the time against Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars. So they've been a bit more aggressive than usual until last week, and I'm not really sure what the strategy was there, but you look at their pressure, and this is a better sign that in almost all of those weeks, except for against the Vikings, when they only got pressure on 23.8% of snaps, or dropbacks rather, they've had more pressure than they have, more a higher pressure percentage than on blitz per dropback, which means they're getting home occasionally with three or four man rushes, including last week where they did get pressure on 19% of dropbacks, even though they only blitz 5.2% of the time. But there is that aggression there. They have shown that they have been able to get some pressure there. And that, I think, is valuable. And it's something that no matter who the quarterback is, because of injury and also because of inexperience, if Teddy Bridgewater does not play, they would it would be really unfortunate for them, rather, if they do not try and put pressure, especially because Russell Okun is also injured. Thank you so much for your time and for taking the time to listen to our show. Thanks to Indeed and Bet Online for hosting and sponsoring this podcast, Blue Wire for hosting this podcast. Thank you, all of my listeners and my followers, for spending some time with me on your Thursday, your Friday, your Saturday, or your Sunday, whenever you listen to this show. And we will talk with you tomorrow.